this week on Tea with Queen and Jay, coronavirus is wild racist. How does race come into play with that, Rona? Meanwhile, the Supreme Court is low-key out here fucking with discrimination law. And is this a good time to shed mediocre friendships or does the global pandemic have us too shook? It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Oh my goodness, podcasting again. Again, remotely. Look How at us. You? Getting us. I'm good. Look at I'm us. Good. How are you? <laughs> good. That's such a good little clip. Isn't it? Could you believe Who would have thought we would us. be here? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Look at oh, us. Oh boy. <laughs> How are you, Jay? I had a rough week. I feel like being in the house intensifies like any little drama that you have. Even though it wasn't little little drama per se. I don't want to like, you know, shrink. Minimize it. Yeah, I don't want to minimize it. But I do feel like being um, indoors and like with less communication and less distraction than I normally would have. It definitely heightens whatever frustrations I would normally be having. Mm -hmm. So that was actually a challenge for me in the second half of the week and maybe in the upcoming weeks if I can find like some fucking teletherapy or whatever the fuck these people are doing that's not, (laughs) you know, too expensive then. Yeah, yeah. Because this is like a lot. You know what I'm saying? This is kind of a lot. So so maybe I'll find a remote black girl therapist because, yeah, this is a lot, yo. So... How are you? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Um, How are you? I'm actually pretty good. I had a great week. Yeah, I I've just been I've just been good in good moods, feeling lots of love and stuff like that. So nice. yeah, I had a good week. Yeah, All right, good. Cool, I cool, miss cool. air though. I really miss air. Air was cute. Remember that air was air was pretty cute. I really miss it. But yeah, well, yeah. welcome to Tea, tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay, and this is Tea with Queen and Jay. Did you need that, Al? Did that feel good for you, Jay? It felt okay. <laughs> oh my God! Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Coronavirus. You know. Okay. All right. Well, so. there's that. Um, <laughs> if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this podcast, podcast. so by using our hashtag hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use it on all the social meds, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We like that shit. We retweet that shit. And then you can find other listeners of T with Queen and J on that hashtag. Another hashtag we like for you to use is pod N, and that is a now listening hashtag that allows other people to know that you are listening to T with Queen and J. Yes, this is a spot of T episode, so there are less segments, it's less formatted. We get on here, we talk our shit, and we get out. It allows us to do an episode every week as a team yep. of two. Two. Queen, can you tell people what libations are? Yep, yep, I can. So libations are when we pour some for the homies, the people, places, and things, the ancestors that give us black ass motherfucking joy. 
is libations. Yeah. So, I guess I'll start with you, Jay. Do you have any libations for us today? I do. I do have a few libations. We actually were able to participate via Zoom conference in Professor Lisa Wolfork over at the University of Virginia in her Sally Hemings class. Thank you for including us in that discussion. Yes, thank you and that, that is Lisa over at Black Women Stitch on Instagram. And we discussed anti-blackness, trauma porn. We'll link you all to the episode where we talked about trauma porn in depth. Mm -hmm. But we um, talked a little bit about that episode and some other subjects that her class is covering um, this semester. So, yeah, that was super cool. I enjoyed that That was cool. We got to, like, put on makeup and, like, look dressed from the waist up. Yes. I look like we went outside or something. Like yeah, I was going somewhere. Yeah, and, I, I saw new yeah. people. I had conversations with new people. Yeah. Yeah, so it was cool, yo. So libations yeah, to was. everyone from that class, Sally Hemings University. And mm-hmm. my other libation is for everybody who joined us on our Netflix party watch of Uncork. That was lit. That, that was, was lit. a good time. I enjoyed that a lot. And if you are one of our Patreons, every now and then we will have a link to whatever watch party we are doing. You don't, it doesn't matter what tier of patron you are or whatever. So you could like donate a little bit as a dollar. And we will every now and then have a link to a Netflix party that we're doing. So yeah, so that was super cool. That's one for anybody who just wants to watch it. It's uncorked on Netflix and it's about this guy who wants to be a wine sommelier is that redundant wine sommelier is this i'm just probably. A sommelier is just it's probably redundant, yeah, they were just but. saying sommelier in the movie so probably but we say chai tea so what we just we like do say chai tea twice. yo so redundant that's how black people do it we say stuff twice you know brenda brenda <laughs> you know that's what we do <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Actually, I also watched a series after watching Uncorked. The main actor in that is Mamadou Athi. And he's also in a series on FX called Old Jerome No. And that is all the episodes of that are on Hulu. So I watched that. They're like little bite-sized episodes. They're like 12 minutes each. And it's about mm-hmm. just this guy who is awkward and like just a sensitive dude. And he's dating. So I would call this series weird and cute, but not that great. Mm-hmm. But I was entertained. <laughs> he's good. He's good in it. It has nothing to do with him, but it's just not, oh, it's just gosh. not like, you know, great or whatever. But there were, I would say each episode, it was like something that I laughed at. So it's an awkward, cute, uh, weird okay, comedy. That's good. And if you like bite-sized uh, episodes of weird comedic shit, then, you know, I would say check it out. So that's something to watch, especially since we're all watching shit right now. And, like, I don't always want to sit down and watch, binge watch a whole fucking series, like, or a whole fucking, you know, two-hour movie or whatever. These are nice if you just want to watch something in, like, 12-minute segments. And be on your way. Yeah, you might just like need to eat your breakfast real quick before getting on your Zoom meeting or whatever. Yep, and watch something. Yeah, so that was cute. That was a cute little break in uh, the norm. What are your libations this week? I want to pour libations to one of our listeners, actually. Their Twitter handle is at JudeNL5. And they hooked us up with their Bounce Spotify list for Bounce Music. 
And that shit is lit. I actually worked oh, out nice. to it one day last week, which is helpful. I need like dance hype, like get mm-hmm. energy, get lit music when I work out or whatever. So I played that. Shit was nice. They recommended it to us because the last episode we had, we talked about um, Manny Fresh and how he did that dope ass transition from mm-hmm. the I Need a Baker song and to back that ass up. And it was like, bitch, I got, I got a whole bounce list for you. I got it right away. Like, oh, yes, you know what I need in my life. So that's why you're getting libations today because I listen. It's lit. I need uh-huh. to follow the Spotify I need to follow it so it's just there. I don't know why I didn't just follow it when uh-huh. I listen, but it's dope. Thank you. So the list is lit. We're going to put that in the show notes so you could get lit and bounce to and shit like that. But nah, thank you for that. Libations to you at JudeNL5. Yes. So this is normally the time where we talk about donations. We are obviously aware that we are in the middle of a fucking global pandemic global pandem so mm-hmm. while Yo, we're in, we a, in global a global pandemic pandem, fam sorry so while we rely on donations to keep this podcast going please know that like we don't think that our podcast over here is more important than whatever you have going on in your life so we know a lot of people got laid off we know a lot of people are dealing with financial challenges right now so if you can donate to see the queen and j podcast of course we appreciate that we use that shit to keep the podcast going yeah. for our equipment and all of the shit that it costs to make this happen but please don't feel like mm-hmm. you need to contribute if this is not something that you feel like you can do at a wild ass time like this so word so i'm going to tell them real quickly how they could donate and why they donate to tv queen and j Donate to Tea with Queen and Jay to progress this podcast, sustain this podcast, and keep the lights on for this motherfucking podcast. Podcast. You could donate by going to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com, and slide down on our homepage, and there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is where we're asking you to put however much you want in a pot, however many times you want in a pot. There is no commitment there. Our next option is our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for $2 a month. $2! You could put more or less. That is up to you. We are some option-giving-ass bitches, so you decide what you want to give there, but our ask is $2 a month. We also have direct links to those options in our show notes just to make it more accessible you just want to click that link and get to it you can find those there other ways to donate to tea with queen and jay that are not monetarily they won't cost you a dime but they might cost you a little time is by subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts hit subscribe follow whatever language they use for this show to pop up in your feed every week do that for us please other ways is by rating and reviewing this podcast on apple Podcasts, stitcher wherever you find your podcast however you can give us a heart however you can give a great comment about us please do that that is another way to donate to the show keep tagging us in those posts where people ask for podcasts we love when you do that that is really really helpful for us and the growth of this show Teach someone how to listen to a podcast. They're more likely to find Tea with Queen and Jay if they even know how to listen to a podcast. So those are ways that you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay that don't cost you any money. 
That's right. If you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay, email us at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak to your school or organization over the Zoom conference about or whatever, however conferencing, whatever you want to use, about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, womanism, black feminism, anti-blackness, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast. Or if you'd like us to do a live show over conference or consult you or your team, send us your T-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us individually, we've included our Amazon wishlist links in the show notes for anybody who is comfortable using Amazon. If you don't fuck with Amazon, that's cool as well. Um, I'm going to have to update my wish list in this new era. And, yeah, you uh, should. Yeah, sure. I'm, I should do that. Time to change. But yeah, so the link is there for anybody <laughs> who wants to use that. This week's donation libations. We got a few new patrons this week. Jay and Karen, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Lucy actually upped their pledge on Patreon. Mm-hmm. So thank you. We appreciate thank that. You. Thank y'all. And we got a few PayPal donations from the homie Elaine. It's funny because when you was talking about <laughs> black people, you were talking about black people repeating themselves. Uh-huh. And I know Elaine. And back in the day, we used to call her White Elaine, which was mad redundant because she was the only Elaine that any of us knew. <laughs> and she was also white. So I don't you know why. Gonna, we we got to emphasize. Right. I don't know why we or maybe just I called her White Elaine. <laughs> Did you know any other lanes in your life that you had to like? Nah, she was the only Elaine that I would have been oh referring gosh. to or that anyone would know that I was referring to. But I don't know what that was about. But anyway, thank you, Whitey Lane, for your donation. <laughs> we love and appreciate you. The homie Alex Hardy of TheAlexanderHardy.com sent us a little bit of something over the PayPal. Thank you so much. And Alex says, thank a you. little something to help in the battle against spiritual ashiness. Show do appreciate the fuck out of y'all. And that's how he spelled it. So we sure do appreciate you back. Thank you so much, Alex. (laughs) Sure do, Alex, Alex. (laughs) And the homie Micah Cherie, who be on the SoundCloud with us, sent us a donation via PayPal. And they say, for a demitasse cup serving of tea, LOL, Mika Cherie. Is it Mika? Micah, Micah Cherie. What does does demitasse mean? I don't know. I decided that it means small. And okay. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I decided it's demitas. All right. I don't well, know. Thank you. This is French. For the donation I took and, a, and a new word for you us know, to figure out. Thank I remember you. I wanted fancy to take French, and, and my mm-hmm. mom was like, "Wow, we, we live we live in the Bronx. You're fucking taking Spanish. Like it wasn't even a conversation." So. Oh, when I took Spanish, my mother was like, "Why didn't you take French? You already <laughs> damn near no Spanish. We live in the Bronx." <laughs> Okay, well, there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> what kind of tea are you drinking? Are you drinking tea today? Yeah, I'm drinking tea. I'm drinking mint tea, but then I also have a cup of coconut water because I just feel mad dry. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah, oh, that's, important. that's what's going that's on important. over here. What kind of tea are you drinking, Jay? I'm back on my chai bullshit, so I'm having that's chai tea, chai chai. That's what I'm doing. I feel like what that's you your grounding on? tea. It is. It is. Yeah. It centers me. I already I had I do a jasmine green tea pretty frequently and I think I had that when we were prepping last night. So I was like which mm-hmm. was like five minutes ago. So I was like, I actually just drank that. <laughs> I'm having chai tea. What are your pronouns? Mm-hmm. She, her, what are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. And what do you affirm for yourself this week? 
I affirm that I'm a bad bitch. I affirm that I'm enough. I affirm that I'll be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I also affirm that I'm well-rested. My hair and fashions are popping. Popping. Ooh, I painted my nails. Oh, okay. Yeah. What yeah, color? To, like, they're like a teal color. Okay. I just had to do something to these things so I could feel nice. like myself. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How are you managing with all the dishwashing? They're just, I'm just in the house. If they chip, they chip. And I'll just paint right. it again. Like, it's not that Good serious. Point. Good point. Yeah. So, you know, it's just for me and Zena, my roommate, to look at anyway. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that's what that is about. So, like I said, my hair and fashions are popping. My body and mind are healthy. And I will forever and always stunt on these hoes. Even though I can't go outside, I'm still stunting on these hoes. Stun on them. Stunting on them. I affirm that I will find a healthy sex buddy that will add to my sexual pleasure, mm-hmm. which is a little post-rona. difficult in the post-rona, but, you know, I, I did have a nice virtual sex section, yes. which was really good. So, yes. yeah. So I was like, well, let me put the affirmation back in it. Um, I also affirm that I will have a fruitful and abundant 2020. It's still going to be fruitful. It's still going to be abundant, um, even though the earth is infested. Okay. But yeah, that's what I affirm. What do you okay. affirm for yourself right now? I Jen? affirm... Uh, um. I guess I should start with some fucking mental wellness because a nigga was not mentally well this week. Um, yeah, so. yeah, I, I heard of the, the top of the episode. Yeah, I know, right? Most of the week I was, but I'm gonna affirm. I'm gonna affirm. So much better some... yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck happened? I didn't get enough rest. I want to affirm some mental wellness, some mental stability, some mental health. I also affirm a life full of abundance, health, wealth, and financial stability. I affirm sensuality and baddiness. I affirm that I am not a lady. I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. I'm self-employed. I'm paid. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. I, without trauma, trauma, trauma. I affirm a brand new MacBook Pro with all the shits. And me and my loved ones are healthy. I affirm a new studio and workspace post-Rona where we can record and work and be comfortable at our convenience. And I affirm an active, positive mind. Yes to those. All of them. So, something that... that I got hip to this week. I had kind of been hearing about this, but I was mm-hmm. like, does this affect me? But <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I've been. Yeah. It. it does affect us, but I had other things going on in my life and I was not paying this no kind of mind, but this is actually kind of a big deal. So I'm sure folks have heard about this in passing, but um, Byron mm-hmm. Allen, who is a black media mogul and television personality of over several like decades, he's one of people who i don't think about until i see them and i'm like oh that's what's his name but um because <laughs> he's not like he's not always like around you know what i'm yeah, saying he's not, like he's, he's not like an in your face person right like, yes at all the things and yeah you're right he's not at all the things he's not in all the videos he's not like that's not his thing <laughs> he's not diddy but right 
He's not. But yeah, so he had a big lawsuit against Comcast, a $20 billion lawsuit. And the Supreme Court recently ruled, like, not in his favor. Like, nah. But I guess he'll probably appeal and shit. So basically, Byron Allen waged a $20 billion lawsuit against Comcast, the nation's largest cable company. And this is from the New York Times that I'm reading. I'll put the link to this article in the show notes so that you know what I'm talking about. Mr. Mm -hmm. Allen has risked alienating would-be allies like Al Sharpton and the NW. ACP while drawing the Trump administration as one of his opponents. He filed the lawsuit in 2015, contending that Comcast, after discussing a deal to carry six of his company's channels, had turned it down in violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1866, the nation's oldest federal civil rights law. It gives, quote, all persons the same rights enjoyed by white citizens to make and enforce contracts and to sue is one of the things that it protects. Mm -hmm. But basically, Basically, uh, if this wasn't clear, he owns a bunch of fucking media outlets, television channels and networks and shit like that. And he was in the midst of trying to broker a deal with Comcast to carry those channels. And Comcast was like, nah, allegedly, according to Comcast, because they felt like those channels didn't have enough. People weren't interested enough in them. They wouldn't have enough viewership or fucking subscribers um there wouldn't there wouldn't be enough interest to generate subscribers he's saying no the reason why they didn't fuck with me is because they were racist what was at stake in this particular lawsuit again this is from the new york times at stake before the court in oral arguments were not the specifics of his dispute with comcast but the standard for proving racial discrimination the judges seem to focus on the narrow question of whether a plaintiff like Mr. Allen must make the case that racial discrimination was the main factor or just a contributing factor in the early stages of litigation. A key element of Mr. Allen's argument centers on an agreement Comcast struck with black leaders and organizations in 2010 in order to get clearance to purchase NBC Universal. As part of the deal, the conglomerate agreed to add four new African-American-owned networks over eight years. Two of those networks were owned by Sean Combs, the mogul better known as Diddy, and Magic Johnson, the former basketball star and entrepreneur. I remember the the. Magic Johnson channel. Only because my mother hated it and reminded me all the time that she hated it. <laughs> really? I don't remember was, that at it all. It was called I, I Aspire TV or something. My mother hated oh, it. I didn't know Aspire was his. I'm, I'm yeah. familiar with Aspire. That's funny. So... In recent years, several of the networks involved in the agreement said that they felt like Comcast hasn't honored that agreement. They're supposed to ensure subscriber growth and access, ensure their viewers have access to those channels. And Mm -hmm. that hasn't always been the case, according to some of these people who were involved in that initial deal. Mr. Allen argued that the organizations that helped broker the deal, the National Urban League, Al Sharpton's National Action Network, and the NAACP were essentially bought off were essentially bought off by Comcast, which has donated money to them. The agreement provided only token investment in Black-owned networks, Mr. Allen said, and has been used to justify blocking Black entrepreneurs from getting a seat at the table. Byron Allen says, I never said that you don't put Black faces out there in response to Comcast saying, like, no, we have Black friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I said that you don't provide true economic inclusion. So since this popped off... Initially, people were like, hey, why are you like, why are you doing this? Da, 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 da. But now since it initially started, 
he has garnered the support of Diddy, of Diddy, the NWACP, the NW, mm-hmm. the NAACP, <laughs> and Senators Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, also Dr. King's daughter Bernice A. King. Al Sharpton was is not particularly fucking with it, or wasn't really fucking with it. He says, if that can be established in court. That ought to be established, said Mr. Sharpton, the activist who also hosts a show on MSNBC, which is owned by Comcast. What I know, yeah, what I know is that I had wished that this had been settled so that we don't have a constitutional threat to the community. So basically, the threat being setting a new standard for how discrimination cases are brought to the Supreme Court. So in an article by The Root, it says here, Allen's suit was initially dismissed before California's Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which held that the Civil Rights Act of 1866 gave African Americans the, quote, full and equal benefits of the law, including the same rights to make and enforce contracts as whites. The three-judge panel ruled that Allen needed only to, quote, plausibly allege that discriminatory intent was a factor in Comcast's refusal to contract. In other words, race didn't have to be the sole factor in filing a discrimination complaint. And so when it got to the Supreme Court, they were like, nah, he has to prove that that was the only reason why his contract was denied. So there, in in this article, they kind of talk about the but for clause. So basically, I would have been able to do this thing that I have the right to do and the right being to like establish this contract. I would have been able to do that, but for racism or but for being discriminated against. Okay, got it. Which is challenging because as we know as black folks as other marginalized groups people of color racism usually is never just about like the racism right so they will leverage racism to say oh well no it wasn't because you're black it was because your proposal wasn't tight enough you're missing this yeah. you're missing that mm-hmm. you don't have this yep. this was a weak yep. argument da, 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 da. and they'll talk about all the things they'll point out all the things that were not airtight and perfect about whatever yep. you submitted in ways that they never do with white folks They they hold us to a separate standard based on that discrimination. That makes things extremely difficult to prove that, no, this was just about race because people like this will always come back and say, no, well, you didn't have this and you didn't have that and you didn't have this. And it gets difficult to prove like, oh, well, you didn't hold our peers, our white peers to that same standard. Yeah. Not realizing that those biases are ingrained in like anti-blackness. Right. It's all built in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is back to the Root article. The court unanimously determined that Allen must ultimately prove that but for race, it would not have suffered the loss of a legally protected right. To do that, the judges established that ESN, that's his business, Mm -hmm. ESN must, quote, first must show that he was deprived of the protected right and then establish causation, much to the dismay of black legal experts. At issue is the but for clause in section 1981 of the Civil Rights Act of 1866. A long held conservative legal position argues that to prove discrimination, a plaintiff must prove they would have succeeded but for racism, even though Allen filed a brief alleging that a Comcast executive told ESN that they refused to carry its stations because, quote, we're not trying to create any more Bob Johnsons, a reference to BET's founder. That wasn't racist enough for the Supreme Court, apparently. What? What? Yeah. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. So this is, again, the root article. 
all nine judges basically agreed before a court even hears ESN's case, Allen must prove that race wasn't just one of many motivating factors in Comcast's decision. It was the only factor. Then, according to the court, he is tasked with the impossible burden of proving why they were racist. So that would be the causation. Which, that that's a, a weird thing to me. Yeah. Um, to prove, like, why somebody is being racist. To me, that's always going to be, like, your assumption as to, like, why somebody has decided to be racist towards you. But whatever. Apparently, Comcast has to burn a cross on the lawn of ESN's corporate headquarters <laughs> as they provide a signed notarized statement explaining that the official policy of Comcast is we don't do business with niggers. Perhaps this is why Clarence <laughs> Thomas and other white people don't believe white supremacy exists. But according yeah. to America's highest court, unless someone is wearing a shirt that says I hate black people, then they should they could embroider a Nazi flag on a MAGA hat and wear it with a Confederate uniform and they're not necessarily racist. Yeah. So to prevail is a quote from uh, Justice Neil Gorsuch. And this ruling was nine to zero. So like all the Supreme Court justices, like they approved of this, these shenanigans to prevail. A plaintiff must initially plead and ultimately prove that, but for race, it would not have suffered the loss of a legally protected right. So I didn't know that this was all such a hot mess. Yeah, this is kind of a big deal. Yeah, this is huge. Yeah, the decision doesn't end the case. The lawsuit is going to be sent back to the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals to determine whether he has enough evidence to fulfill mm-hmm. that for the Supreme Court. But that just that just seems like I don't know that that feels really impossible. Yeah, like how do you have evidence of racism in a white supremacist system where this mm-hmm. is how the system works? Like you know, right. like how do you? prove that Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. it's it's just weird even the way that that is set up for him to like the but for thing that doesn't even sound conducive to the results that you would want for that because it's like a lot of the things that you bring up to say something is racist are subjective especially to people who are not understanding that a lot of this stuff is systematic a lot of these biases a lot of this anti-blackness is just ingrained in every day and they don't Mm -hmm. even know that they're actively being racist or anti-black for the most part you know what i'm saying so it's just Mm -hmm. like sometimes they don't know right yeah 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 but Mm -hmm. like it's easy for them to like say it's something else to say it's your portfolio to say it's this to say it's that because the standard that they hold shit too is based in white supremacy right so of course you're not going to meet that because it's based mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. um so they a lot of times will try well won't tie it to that being racist or whatever and shit like that yeah. so how do you fucking prove this shit mm-hmm. it's just like mm. a whole like gaslit case so the unfortunate thing about this is that that's not just like for his case now. So that kind of sets precedent yeah. for other folks, other yeah, victims yeah. of racism mm-hmm. and discrimination. So that's why this is a big deal to all of us. And um, I guess that's kind of why it's been a big deal. But um, yeah, but yeah. Been, I'm telling you, my mom has shared it on Facebook so many times and I'm just like, scroll. <laughs> like, not even like, <laughs> I knew it was big. I knew it was some right. black thing, but this wasn't right. usually on my radar. Mm-hmm. But yeah. damn. Yeah, so I'll put the link to those two articles in the show notes just so that you can better, get a better understanding of, like, what the fuck is actually happening here. I wonder if that's a result, too, of, like, 
there's never enough black shit on TV, but right now people think there's a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's like we already got we like the networks we have are already like doing yeah. stuff for y'all. Right. <laughs> right. So we don't need more of it. You wanna add this many like black owned networks? Mm-hmm. Nah. Like yeah. what the fuck. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so unfortunate. So there's that. All right. Let's get into some T-mail. If you would like to send us T-mail, you can do that by emailing us at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. The subject of this T-mail is, am I a negative Nisha? Nisha says, so Nisha is an actualist person's name. It is anonymous, but J like Nisha. So that's what you'll be calling you. I like this. It was a good choice name. All right. So I want to begin by saying that I love your podcast and that I am so thankful for you too. I am currently in a white ass Washington state for work and listening in every week has been a blessing. The sense of community your podcast gives me is invaluable, especially since I'm here by myself. I recently had an interaction with a homegirl of mine and I would like your opinion on the matter. I'm a travel RN and I am on assignment in Washington State. It's boring and very much white liberal races. While the state has many outdoor attractions, I'm very much more of a city girl. And Seattle is like most things that white people like mediocre as fuck. I'm just not having a good time. In addition to this, the Rona has heightened a lot of feelings I previously held about my career. My anxiety is through the roof and I'm away from family in my village. My therapist just started holding televisits since the lockdowns began, so I was experiencing many of those intensified emotions without the outlet counseling provides. I would talk to my mom and some of my friends about my experience, but I felt a lot of my feelings were dismissed or written off as overreactions. Now they are more attentive to my concerns because nurses across the nation are proving to be experiencing the same things and speaking out since the crisis began. This brings me to my homegirl. I've known her since college. I went to a PWI and she was a very rare melanated sparkle in a sea of whiteness. She was staff at the nursing school while I was a student, so we bonded and became friends. In the middle of March, she began to check in more, saying that she wanted to make sure I was doing okay since I was quote-unquote on the front lines of the pandemic. Over the last three weeks while communicating, she would often remark that I leaned towards the negative and that she could see me becoming an angry She could see me becoming an quote-unquote angry and bitter black woman if I didn't adopt a more positive outlook on life. At first, I took the criticism in stride because I know I tend to be more serious, but this last time, her remarks really didn't sit well with me. This brings me to the issue I'm having. She mentioned to me that her and a few friends thought it would be fun to participate in the hashtag don't rush challenge and that there would be 20 years of participants from this particular organization. She would be in a video as well. I said I'll be interested in the final outcome, but 20 years of participants may lose the interest of the viewer and that maybe they could split the video up in five-year increments. I also told her that a friend of mine approached me to do the same challenge and that I wasn't interested for a number of reasons, but mainly because I'm spending my free time trying to learn things related to critical care nursing. I am not an ICURN, just in case I have to take on more medically complex patients like the RNs in New York City. She then went on to say that she understood why, quote unquote, people don't share shit with you. 
that I am, quote unquote, starting to become an angry, bitter black woman. It's getting ridiculous and that she had seen it a while ago. She also went on to say something to the effect of even though we went to a an HBCU and you went to a PWI, you are not the only one with ideas. I don't see how choosing not to participate in the challenge with another friend of mine was taken away from what she had decided to do. Nor do I mean to do anything other than provide feedback from what I had seen from other challenges. Her reaction surprised me and left me feeling attacked. I realize this is a traumatic experience for everyone, and I am not discounting that. However, I don't feel that she handled me with care given the current climate, given the current climate and what this specifically means for people in my profession. I would love to hear your thoughts. With much love, Nisha. Jeez. Wow. Ooh, child. That was long, and we cut some of it out. Thank you so much, Nisha. We appreciate you. Thank you for sending us your T-mail. Yes. I think that everybody is at a heightened state of sensitivity and intensity because of that Rona right now. And so I feel like it sounds like she's not being sensitive to you, but it sounds like she is also possibly at a heightened state of sensitivity because of that Rona as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I think it's funny that this fallout is happening over the Don't Rush Challenge. Yo. I actually think that's pretty hilarious. I think that's mad funny, especially because that challenge gets on my damn nerves. (laughs) Why does it get on your nerves? For anybody who doesn't know, look up the hashtag Don't Rush Challenge. It's basically, how would you describe it? Um, uh, Showing off how they look when they're not ashy. Dag, okay, I'll explain it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is. It's like this is how I look. And then it's basically right. So you're you're in one outfit. You're in one outfit. It could it could be yeah. Some people are like in their house clothes, and then the challenge is like the camera will flip and they'll transition to be like dressed up or whatever. But yeah. there have been Ooh, different types of challenges. Yeah. So a cute one that I saw was a bunch of black women firefighters transitioning from their firefighter clothes to their street clothes or, or whatever. That was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, or or I don't know if it was from their street clothes to their firefighter clothes. But yeah, that was a cute one. Yeah, there's there a, a few, few cute ones I like. Cute ones floating about. But yeah, so everybody is doing it. Everybody is doing it. And something that's yeah. that's highlighted, I think, in this particular email is that people are using it who don't um who aren't particularly like internet savvy. So sometimes to me it's like some of these are like too long, some of these clips yeah, are too that's long. It's too. like different little there's no I can't see you, there's no lighting in here, so it's like different stuff. But I think it is cool that like everybody Yeah, using is, different frames. Yeah, like, but everybody is like, participating. It's something to do while a lot of people are on lockdown. So that yeah. is the Don't Rush Challenge. So I do think it's a little bit funny and like a sign of like where we're at right now that the Don't Rush Challenge is kind of what's bringing your friendship to a head. I feel, excuse <laughs> me for, I'm sorry for being amused by this, but uh, it's the end of the world. So here we are. I'm laughing. Yeah, don't rush. I'm laughing. But also something, I'm, I'm really not that good at this because I, I do feel like a frequent response of mine is to like end your friendship. I feel like a friend who would say that I'm being an angry black woman or a bitter angry black woman, like whether they're black women also like or not, that that to me, that person is too close to me. And that's a that's a danger. Like, I don't know who are you talking to. I don't that. Yeah, I don't really know how to navigate that. I have a hard time navigating things like that without just like ending the friendship. 
So I don't know, I'm gonna pass that. I'm gonna pass it to Queens. No, I have the same issues too. Like I'm pre- pretty abrupt with like this doesn't make me feel good, so I should yeah. like get rid of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not. I've never really had like friendships where we like argued a lot or like had lots of friction. So mm-hmm. I don't have much of the tools either. But I don't think I'd be honest to say that I don't think this is something that is ending a friendship. I don't even think y'all are friends like that. I just think y'all are cool. Like, oh, yeah. okay, that's. Possible. I just see y'all as like y'all are cool. Like y'all had this bond when y'all were in school. I get it because y'all was the only blacks or whatever, mm-hmm. and I get that. But it doesn't to me doesn't sound like this is your friend. She just started checking up on you often because of Rona, right. um, and because of everything that's happening. This person to me, this relationship doesn't appear that deep anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you decided to not talk to this person, I don't think you're losing anything because mm-hmm. this just seemed like someone you were cool with anyway. Like, not like some hard, huge decision of whether I should continue or not because this doesn't seem like a person who is, like, ingrained in your life anyway like a friend would be. Like, where you know, when you lose a friend, like, there's these certain things you're used to and you're not doing them anymore and blah, 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 blah. Like, this is a person that just started to become in constant contact with you in the past few mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't even see this person as your friend. Is it somebody you cool with? And maybe you just need a break from this person you cool with. To me, it's not that this argument is not that deep. And this relationship is not even that deep to be like, I don't know, thinking that hard about whether continue or not. If you do or you don't, I think it's like fine, whichever path you choose. But I do think you should address don't talk to me like this and don't call me an angry black woman and say why those things are. Not good for you. And if she has an issue with it, then you just stop talking with her. Because it's not like this is like some lifelong friend you had anyway. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you people, the season is over. The season where she was fulfilling for you was when you were in school and y'all were the only black folk there. And y'all could have just bonded on being the only black folk in the space or the very few black people in those space. And y'all probably don't have a lot in common. And the lives that you live yeah. right now. And that's totally fine. And it is okay mm-hmm. for you to not talk to this person anymore. Like, it's totally fine. I don't feel like this is a hard thing to walk away from at all. Yeah, I, I personally, I think that, like, people who believe that the angry black woman, the bitter black woman, that that, like, trope, that that is an actual, like, real tangible thing in black mm-hmm. women that, like... Oh, now you're becoming one of those angry black women or whatever. Like if like we don't really deal with challenges, like to me, that's somebody who subscribes to like gaslighting black women. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like in, Mm -hmm. in a large part, the angry black woman stereotype is based on the fact that like we express ourselves based on the fact that like somebody is always trying to do some shit to us based on the fact that like we're the fucking mule of the fucking universe. You know what I'm saying? So like Mm -hmm. I personally cannot be friends with people who like fuck with that or who would tell me not to be an angry or bitter black woman like like mm-hmm. that that's a, a personality type that they believe exists and now like you're falling into that you're being that yeah that makes sense i think that there's space if you feel like there's room to explain to that person why you feel like that is racist and misogynoirist if you feel like there's space for that then you could explain it to that person, but that's that's not something that like I would let slide. Like to me, that that just yeah, I that, let that language slide. is is mad violent. And I let that slide. 
that, and for me, what I wouldn't let slide in this is either I'm not talking to you anymore, or if we talk, I have to address, is you don't like for me to share my thoughts. Like, mm-hmm. you just want me to just blindly just go about with whatever you want. That's what I get from this, too. Like, I'm going to have an opinion on something that you want me to participate in. You want to put mm-hmm. me online to do something with you. I'm going to have some input in it. Like, what the fuck? I'm right. just supposed to just be quiet and not have any input on a a project you want me to work on with you? Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't even make sense. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. a fucking minion. Like, that'll be my issue. Like, who the fuck... You, you're not my mother. <laughs> like, yeah. who the fuck are you talking to? She also talks about, you said something here about her saying that you need to have a more positive outlook and a more positive attitude. I really don't like that language either. And I think there's nothing wrong with like being a positive person and affirming the good over the bad. I really do feel though sometimes when people are like, just be more positive, be more positive. Like there's an element of like dismissiveness there. As opposed to like addressing yeah. like, okay, well, what is it that you're feeling negative about? Like what's, what, what, what are your challenges? Yeah, what are, what's the what, issue or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I'm really a not a times, be more positive ass nigga. I, and I really, I really hate that shit. Cause a lot of times people are using that as a weapon to say, be more passive and do what I want you to do. Not yes. really be more positive. That's right. not what they're, that's not how they're using that phrase at mm-hmm. all. like yeah it's just like be more passive just like be quiet and just like agree with what i'm saying because that's positive for me Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i agree with that i do i believe in like affirmative language so i don't keep people in my close circle or close range who are always affirming negative things like oh this bad thing is gonna happen like I'm very much like say things out your mouth, affirm like positive things, but I don't think there's anything wrong with reflecting on something bad that is happening to you or has happened to you. You know what I'm saying? Or something yeah. that like you're being cautious of, like, oh, I'm concerned about blah, 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 blah. But yeah, that kind of like stay positive, be positive. That's that to me yeah. is like a dismissive kind of thing. And it doesn't it's also address oppressive. people's real life concerns. It's what? It's also oppressive to like right. assume that people are always going to be in this positive space. Like she's a fucking, um, not she, you, um, Nisha, you're an RN while there's a pandemic. And it's like, you're, you are allowed to fucking not be in a positive space. You're allowed, mm-hmm. you're allowed those things. You're allowed that. You can have that space. And for her to deny you that space because of a fucking don't rush challenge or whatever the fuck is not smart. Like, and it's not conducive for like your well being at all. Like, and you know, like I said, I don't think y'all are friends. I think y'all are just cool. And, Y'all are just going off of the rip of history that y'all had. But, like, this is not a big loss if you decided to not talk to this person. Right. There's that other element they mentioned of this HBCU versus PWI thing that came I thought up. of you when I, I thought of you when I saw that. Oh, yeah. Something weird did happen to me. Something happened somebody to you like that. About that. Yeah. yeah. This, this wasn't, it wasn't a friend of mine, but it was just, somebody said something to me mad sideways. We weren't even talking about anything. I was minding my business. Anyway, 
I was minding my business and it came up that I went to a PWI that was close to the HBCU that this person went to. And I would personally, I was excited because we fucked with that. The black people, we're the black kids at the white school. I wish y'all would listen to that. I love that song from Sherman Showcase. There's this whole segment where they sing, we're the black kids at the white school. We're the black kids in the white school. We're the black kids in the white school. We're the black kids in the white school. It's funny. <laughs> Anyway, so the black kids at the white school, as far as I knew, as far as the shit that I fucked with, we would go to the black schools and like, these are where the black people are. So we would go to like the parties and shit like that. Like we had a relationship. But anyway, I know for some people, I guess there was a a rivalry. I don't fucking know. But it was this conversation in our grown, crusty adult years became this (laughs) like, well, why did you why? Like, why would you? Like, go there. Like, why did you choose to go there? Like, why? And it, I don't mind the question, but the where we were wasn't a space for that question. Like, this was not a friend. And we were in the middle of, like, doing some shit where there was no like space you. for that kind of, like, interrogation. Yeah, it was like, what is happening right now? And we on the line getting chicken at the baby shower. Like, yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> like, it why are like, we talking what? about this? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm here, like, excited to meet you and shit. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. It's just really weird. It always comes off elitist to me because if I didn't get the money that I got to go to the white PWI that I went to, I might not have gone anywhere. Not to an HBCU, Mm -hmm. not to a community college up the block. So it's just to me, it just assumes that I have all this privilege and access. It assumes that I could have gone wherever I wanted to go. Yeah. And that's what you chose. And that infuriates me beyond, beyond end. But anyway... This PWI versus HBCU shit in a close friendship is disturbing to me. Now, you might very well be an uppity anti-black Negro. I don't know you, Nisha. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) that's who you are and maybe that's what she was responding to. But she did already call you an angry, bitter black woman. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I don't know. But to me, that kind of thing either needs to be like explored if you want to maintain this friendship like explore it and ask like hey what's what's the deal with this like what are you talking about and she better come back with fucking examples because just to like throw that at you like oh you went to a pwi so like fuck you that's that's, yeah, that's not the, okay i don't like that she was holding that i'm not i don't do good with like when we're like now having like the issue then it's like you bring up stuff from like forever ago or these thoughts right. that I've never been privy to and you bring it up as like, what are we even fucking talking about now? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we're not even mm-hmm. talking about the Don't Run Challenge anymore. Right. Like, what what the fuck is happening? Like, what, like you want to fight now? It's kind of like, how yeah. I, it's like, what are you? Yeah. Huh? What happened? What? I don't understand. But, yeah, I honestly feel like this is not even your friend. This is somebody you cool with and do what's good for you, girl. Seriously. Yeah. Life is too short, and I know that some people. I think some. I think some people, because of coronavirus, some people are holding on to relationships that they shouldn't hold on to, or that they maybe otherwise would not. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we are only where some of us are interacting with less people. Some of us don't have a lot of people checking in on us and seeing how we are and shit like that. So I think some of us are holding on to relationships that we would normally let go of. Some of us are taking inventory of who we actually have around and and who should stay around and who we want to get rid of and shit like that. So this is a time where we're reminded that like life is too short. 
So I think whichever way you proceed, it has to be something that like makes you comfortable because we don't know how long this shit is going to last. And we want to, you know, like the people who you have in your life should be affirming, you know. So good luck with this funky bullshit. And (laughs) if you need to break up with her, break up with her. And the friendship. Break up with your friends, yo. I don't even think y'all friends, but okay. I'm a Virgo, though. It take a lot to be our friend. So, okay, let's take a break, yo. Yeah, let's take a break. Money, Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like giving black this women year. your money. Yes, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, yo. Okay, okay. So, so. how do they? give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes twice um, a week yeah yo (laughs) and we could use your loving motherfucking donations Um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yo tvqueenandj.com hit that donate tab Mm and we have two options there two two you become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. Will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again <laughs> all the time yes and we're black all the time all right if we sound yes. different it's because i took a whole ass nap if we sound the same <laughs> it's because i'm still in my apartment so what the hell go. okay all right so something that's been interesting or that we're noticing now that there's being more research done about the coronavirus and now that um Unfortunately, more people are dying from it, especially in the U.S. We have outnumbered the rest of the world in deaths. So we've noticed that some of the stats are not accounting for race. So, Queen, I know that you had done some uh, research on this. Yeah. So we are outnumbered as far as death. And I think um, right now, as far as like folks that are infected with the virus as well those numbers are the highest in the u.s because um trump said he wanted to be number one and and we did it yeah mm-hmm. so according to propublica.com they had some numbers on deaths related to black folks in the u.s which i just i just the assumption was like i bet this is affecting us more because that's just the way stuff is set up systematically but to see the stuff written down was kind of helpful to i guess affirm that thought and then i guess give numbers to the thoughts that you know we had about that so according to propublica.com the cdc normally tracks information about age and race when monitoring an outbreak as well as the location of people affected But for some reason, for this pandemic, the agency has released data about age and location, but not about race. So for some reason, they are not disclosing or recording any information about race when that's generally something that the CDC does when it comes to disease and things like that. This is what they generally do. But for some reason, they're not doing that 
with this, which is some bullshit. What we are getting back, though, is that on a local level, which means that our state governments are tracking that information. So we are still able to get some of that, but not on a national level. You would have to, like, add up all the numbers that you're getting from all the states, which is just, like, fucking ridiculous. Like, CDC, can you just do the shit? Like, that's what you're supposed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'll just read you some of the information that we got from some states that released some of their racial information, in particular to black people. So this is via motherjones.com. In Chicago, new data release showed that 70% of people who have died from COVID-19 in the city were black. According to a report by the radio station WBEZ, Black people make up 29% of the city's total population. So you can already see the disparity. Since the amount of black folks in Chicago is only 29%, mm-hmm. but the amount of people who have it is astronomical. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see that disparity there. Um, the in New people York, who have died from it. Yes, thank you. People who have mm-hmm. actually died from it. Thanks for that. In New York, where we have the most numbers of deaths and the most numbers of people who are infected with the virus they don't have specific numbers but they say that not even that i saw i actually saw a map on my own that my mother sent me and i didn't send it out to any of my friends and stuff because i didn't want to be freaking people out Mm -hmm. but most of the numbers of the folks who have been infected by this virus or who have died from this virus are actually in brooklyn and queens and in the bronx and those boroughs have the highest immigrant populations Mm. So there isn't huge specific numbers yet because of the amount of people. I think they're just trying to be as accurate as possible. But you see where the populations of people that that is affecting. So they don't specifically say black here. They're talking about just immigrant populations or low-income populations because mm-hmm. all of the area codes outside of Manhattan, they had like a color coding system. So like light purple meant like a lower number. But if you look in the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Queens, a lot of that borough is a dark purple. And then Mm -hmm. all of Manhattan is like a light purple. And then Staten Island is a light purple, except for like one little section. Just to give you a visual of the map that I'm talking about. I'll also put a link to that map in the show notes if you want to see what that looks like for New York City. Then there's Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 81% of the people killed by the virus have been black though just 26% of the county's population identifies as black. So same disparity that we saw earlier in Chicago, similar disparity that we see in New York City, that the people who are infected by this virus the most, people who are dying by this virus the most, are black people or people of immigrant populations. Mm -hmm. And then another example is Michigan. So in Michigan, that's where this is happening again. Black people make up 12% of the population, and 40% of those killed have been black, many of them from Detroit. And it's just, I knew that the result of this was going to be black death, Mm -hmm. and I knew that those pieces would be connected, and we've mentioned these things before, but it is disheartening just seeing how concentrated it is like like it's almost it makes me feel targeted in a way to see Mm -hmm. numbers like this when knowing that people are the small portions of populations but they're the ones who are dying from this shit you know Mm -hmm. yeah i think the thing that stuck out that sticks out most for me is is thinking about um how we are the worker class so like in terms of essential workers right now in terms of like 
grocery stores being open and other essential places outside. I mean, we make up a large percentage of healthcare work as well, like nurses and shit like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Doctors, of course, but a lot of us are nurses. A lot of us work at your grocery store. A lot of us work at all of those places that are like those places where we're we're fighting for $15 an hour, but people are saying that you don't deserve $15 Mm -hmm. an hour. Like my mom is a postal worker. She's an essential employee. So it's just like we are, that's the class of people that we are. So we are oftentimes the people who are most exposed living in close quarters for those of us who live in certain urban environments or rural environments where maybe in your particular house it's a bunch of people up in there you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying so for my sister for example there are a bunch of them in the house it's not like a big house so they Mm -hmm. are all up in there in each other's face we face specific challenges that like it's not an accident that we face these challenges not an accident that is us who are more susceptible for a variety of systemic reasons to this because again with white supremacist patriarchal capitalism somebody always has to be on the bottom somebody has to catch the short end of the stick and that's who we are in this instance there's a thread by michael harriet again he's a writer for the root and he kind of lays out some of this he talks about number one how healthcare is segregated and so white people across america have more access to health care. It's just a fact. So health facilities are disproportionately closing in on minority communities. A John Hopkins study shows that black people are two times more likely to live in a health care desert. So those are locations where there is like one doctor to 3,500 residents, places where hospitals are far. Yeah. He talks about how testing costs money. Given lack of access, the wealth gap, and the racial insurance coverage gap, it is not only possible but likely that black people are less likely to be tested. Yeah. The other piece of this that we already know is healthcare professionals are biased. Numerous studies show racial bias in medicine, including doctors' belief that we have thicker skin and can tolerate more pain, often causing them to reject complaints of symptoms. I wonder, well, I don't wonder, but it, it was something that I've been thinking about recurring, like how you, how we call, when we, like we're supposed to call in and say when we're having symptoms and shit like that, and just like mm-hmm. the person on the other end, depending on who we sound like to them, like how are we then being told to either come into a hospital or not? I know there's supposed to be guidelines, like if you're having chest pain and trouble breathing and shit like that but it's just i i feel like um because of this kind of inherent bias like before we even make it to the hospital there's somebody on the other end of the phone listening to whether queen or jay sound black on the phone or or whether we sound you know what i'm saying do we sound poor my pain anyway exactly exactly our body does the things that their bodies do Or that our bodies feel the things that their bodies feel. So, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. yes, I could say I have chest pain, but I'm just this this black woman and I could push through because that's how they be doing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like it's somebody telling me, oh, see how you feel in another two days and then call us back. You know, based on based on how black I sound, based on how poor Mm -hmm. I sound. And we talk about this as podcasters all the time. Like there are markers in our voice and things in our voices that make people assume certain things about us, how smart we are, how well educated we are. So it's scary to think that this is another layer that like will reduce access to us in overcoming this, this virus. 
He goes on to say coronavirus is racist. The media focuses on New York and Cali because of the raw numbers. But when the University of Chicago's spatial data science team weighed hotspots by populations, places where black people live were hit the hardest. Mm. He goes on to say, seriously, coronavirus is racist. Not only does it seem to target black areas, but the CDC's list of factors that may exacerbate COVID-19 all disproportionately affect black folks. COVID-19 is so racist. I don't know. This is a little joke. I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, so, you know, the list of comorbidities, chronic lung disease or moderate to severe asthma, which we've talked about on the podcast before. A lot of us are living in areas that are more heavily polluted than areas where white folks live. Mm-hmm. Um, serious heart conditions, conditions that can cause a person to be immunocompromised, including cancer treatment, smoking, bone marrow, and organ transplantation, immune deficiency, poorly controlled HIV or AIDS, and prolonged use of corticosteroids and other immune weakening medications, severe obesity, diabetes, chronic kidney disease, and those who are undergoing dialysis and liver disease. Those are things that disproportionately affect black folks also we don't know shit so remember when we thought it didn't affect young people remember when we thought it stayed in the air for a few seconds as long as you weren't within six feet of a cough you'd be okay (laughs) remember when we thought you only had to stay home if you had symptoms remember when we thought it took easter off this is another joke (laughs) (laughs) that's just a regular day for me yeah so right so we just we don't know enough about uh, this virus yet yeah. And he goes on to say that even the most reputable outlets reporting the growing numbers of death and confirmed cases forget to mention one thing. We know the figures aren't correct. We haven't tested enough people to know where coronavirus is or how fast it's spreading. And so those numbers don't accurately re- reflect the infection rate as much as they reflect the number of people being tested for coronavirus. Yeah. I thought that was a good like summary of how mm-hmm. this is affecting black and, of course, indigenous folks. There have also been a lot of discussions of... Um, I actually didn't look this up, but reservations being affected by coronavirus yeah i have seen that as well i haven't looked deeply into it but yes definitely have seen that as well what's also interesting um i want to go back to some of the stats i presented so like in milwaukee wisconsin where i said 81 percent of people killed by the virus are black and then there's only 20 percent of the population there that are when i was looking from at propublica to get that information, this is why I went to Mother Jones. They presented it as if, to me, as if it was black people's fault. So saying how um, right. us not ha- right. lacking information, still not social distancing, talking about our underlying health issues. So if we didn't have those things, then it would be something else. Mm-hmm. And specific to Milwaukee, they feel that they know who brought the coronavirus to that county. Um, And it was a white person who came in from a flight somewhere. So that's their first reported case. So we know why that virus is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Like we know who brought it there, but you're still looking at black people and blaming them for the rates of coronavirus. Like what Mm -hmm. the fuck is that? Like Corona, like they're using the coronavirus as this racist tool. Mm-hmm. to fucking oppress people to fucking shame people to fucking right. kill people mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. like you literally if you wanted to blame in quotations i don't think we should blame a person but you could be like him right there <laughs> mm-hmm. 
came off the plane in a county and went around spreading, you know, whatever. But you mm-hmm. want to just look at this population of black people and say, well, if all this other stuff wasn't happening, if they were social right. distancing, if they was this, if they was doing that, then mm-hmm. their numbers wouldn't be so high. Like, fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. And a lot of that is, like, circumstantial. Like, we talked before about how, like, data is... Uh, it's often manipulated by like personal opinion, right? So when reporting the data, instead of saying this, these are the numbers that we're seeing and like doing further research to figure out like why, like mm-hmm. people will put on, okay, well, this is why it's happening. So here's the data. And my assumption on this group of people is that they're fucking up in this way and they're fucking up in that way. And that's why the data, yeah. it looks how it looks. Like they do this a lot with, yeah. um, they do it with all type of shit, but they do it a lot with like finance and shit like that putting their own stereotypes onto the the actual research or whatever. So yeah, so like where 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 is the data on that? Where is the data on white folks gathering versus black folks gathering versus other communities yeah. gathering so or not yep. social distancing mm-hmm. like during the virus? Like how do you make that kind of that level of assumption, you know? Yeah, seriously. Sort of. Especially like especially like outwardly because i do have these conversations about like yo y'all need a social distance but i only talk to black people mm-hmm. you know what i mean like of course i'm gonna just divert that that attention to black people right. and i think that that's okay and that is important but like i think that it's this nuance mm-hmm. to make that distinction mm-hmm. so if you hear jay saying y'all niggas need to stay in the house she's talking to her niggas because that's who those are her mm-hmm. people you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's not that she's saying that or that we're saying that we're the only ones who was outside because we know that's not the truth right Right, right, right. We know that's not the truth. Because I was seeing some pushback when people were like, you know, making it seem as though black folks were being like oppressive to each other by mm-hmm. saying that. And it's like, no, nah, I think we're just talking to our people. Right, right, right <laughs> I don't right, think right, we're right, like right. just saying that one is doing it and white people are not. Like, yeah. I'm not going to ever, I'm not going to be talking about mm-hmm. white people. I'm just going to be talking. Yeah. No, I live around, I live around the white people of Manhattan and they, they be outside as well yeah you were just you were just saying last episode how they are outside and you're like i'm only gonna run errands during the weekday because when they're not taking this social distance and shit they'd be outside they'd be outside (laughs) and uh, you know i I, before like before new york was like more strict with his rules they were i I talked about this in the podcast they were making a mockery of me for wanting Mm -hmm. to like social distance you know so i wonder how many of them are sick right now but anyway whatever I don't wish any ill will on a lot of people. Only some oh, people. Oh gosh! Um, you just you just wondered what what they what how they were doing. Yeah, wishing like what do you? I wonder what different. they think now, right? How about now? That's different. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm having trouble finding information on indigenous populations of naturally in the U.S. There's some conversation about it in Canada, where several indigenous communities in Canada were closing their land and borders to limit limit exposure to the virus brazil confirms confirmed its first indigenous coronavirus case in the amazon which is highly dangerous because we already know white people were showing up and setting fucking fires out there you know what i'm saying so if those folks out there get the coronavirus like who's to tell there's no telling that they're going to be treated with respect that they're going to be prioritized in terms of um healthcare or anything right so all of that is dangerous for our most vulnerable communities which are our indigenous communities throughout the u.s throughout the world like this this virus could um 
be i mean this is already devastating you know what i'm saying but to communities who have already experienced mass fucking genocide on several different levels throughout history like this is Mm -hmm. this is they don't need another one you know so shit is whack and shit is fucked up and uh don't rush you know (laughs) (laughs) that'll fix it That'll fix it. I'm not mad at that challenge, rush, though, yo. I'm not it'll mad. It'll fix everything. I'm not mad at that don't oh, that rush challenge. challenge. Do it. I just saw one with uncles, with uncles, and they were just taking too long. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the ones that move slow. I saw a really good one with some burlesque dancers. They were good. Oh, yeah. They got to it. Yeah, get get to ones. it, okay? Yeah. Show me your... Look, I let knew. me see you in your shit, yeah. in your in your fucking house clothes, <laughs> and then fucking change, okay? I don't need They're to get to know you. They're taking the don't rush seriously. Yeah, I don't need... They're taking it too seriously. I, I don't, it's only a few seconds. Speed it up. I don't want to get to know you, yeah. how good you dance, or, like, all the different poses you could do in, like, a minute. Like, no, no, no. Six <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Get in, get out, move to the next person. Every time I see some, every time I see one with like they when they're but I call the ashy version of themselves mm-hmm. and they're holding like a child or something, mm-hmm. and then when they get popping, the child is gone. I'm like shit. Mikey, <laughs> dress up that <laughs> baby. Happened? Somebody dress up that baby. Oh man! Right? Like, why can't the baby get? Nobody fly ever dresses and up the baby. Yo. There was a cute. Nope. There was a cute. They just throw that baby. They away. just throw that baby away. There was a cute one with all babies. And that was cute. Um, and they, then they dressed up the babies, but never, yeah, the the oh, moms never dress up the baby. But hey, I get it, yo. So get rid of this baby. Somebody take this baby. If I was in here with Look. a baby, I would want my baby. I'll be, be giving taken. mine away too. Yeah. Like what? Here, here you go. It's a, it's a lot, yo. <laughs> take the baby. You can have it. Take. But it's funny. I don't even seen no. Well, men do that anyway. Say that again. What? I saw one with a man, and the kid was, like, regular. And then when he got fly, the kid was gone. And I'm like, where the kid? And I'm like, you know what? This is a man. That's regular. Like, of course he get fly and get rid of the kid. This makes sense. This is on brand. Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> oh, speaking of racism, these two... So I found the shit. These two French doctors suggested that they start testing vaccines on poor Africans. So it was on. it was these two doctors on French TV... Who thought that that was cute to say publicly? What? Yeah, the comments are wild, heinous. Um, I don't, I don't know if I should read them or if we've had enough suffering. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I've suffered enough. You sound like you've suffered yeah, enough. Yeah, but just for I, anybody, I'll put, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But um, the the tagline to the, the headline to this so I, I had heard people responding to it but i hadn't seen what was said or what had happened but travel noir mm-hmm. has an article on what had happened was so i'll put a link to that in the show notes but basically french doctors suggest testing covid19 vaccine on quote poor africans and spark outrage so yeah they were on french tv talking their shit and they were like yeah we're thinking about doing this that and a third it's 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 wild ridiculous. It's wild ridiculous. The French are wild racist too, and people forget because they eat croissants. Because they eat croissants? Oh yeah. And Pepe Le Pew is so is so cute, <laughs> so romantic. But the French are wild racist. Yeah. Like, wild racist. Mm-hmm. I guess because we're extra xenophobic and we don't they don't speak English that we think nothing's happening over there. Oh, uh, <laughs> right. They are wild racist. Mm-hmm. 
crazy. I heard the talk about the about vac- using a vaccine on like um African people, but I didn't know it was birthed from that dumb shit. I knew it was dumb shit, but not like people who just was like kicking on fucking TV. Uh oh, not just people, scientists. <laughs> <laughs> Whole, whole, a whole entire scientist, two whole entire scientists, doctors, two French doctors suggested that. So maybe not scientists, maybe doctors. Hopefully, maybe they're foot doctors, you know? And they were just like, oh, you know, you know what would be so cute? I would feel so cute if we took this yes, to Africa. Because we, because we love eugenics. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The fuck? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So. That's gross. So that was pretty, pretty nasty. What do you have planned for this week? What do I have planned for this week? Um, I'm off work Friday. Cute. So I could stay home and not do stuff, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Which is, it's cool. But yeah, I haven't really even thought about my week mm-hmm. at all. Like, I did buy myself some new pots. I ordered some new pots. Oh. I didn't go out to Are they a color them. or what? No, they're like a dark gray. Nice. Um... Yeah, not a color. Mm-hmm. I don't really like color s- stuff. So I'm cooking more, and I just realized I need to love on myself more mm-hmm. and like buy you some fucking cooking things that are like good and like are not falling apart. Right. And yeah, so I, I treated myself to a whole new cookware set. Um, and I'm excited about that. Lovely. So I, I'm really just waiting for that to come so I could like open a box. I love to open gifts and stuff. Even if I buy them for myself, so I'm gonna open that and be excited. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, what are your plans for the week? Uh, well, I've been trying to apply for unemployment since last week, and that shit has been a fail because the systems are backed up. So filing online has been a fail. Trying to call has been a fail. So I I have to just keep what doing time that. Of the, what time of the day are you trying? Uh, last week I tried between two o'clock and like the end of business and then i tried this morning for hours so yeah so i'm gonna try again and then they have days where like depending on your last name when you can apply so my day is on monday and then if you miss whatever your day is then you can apply thursday friday or saturday so i'm gonna spend the rest of my week trying to get that shit done and it was something else oh i'm actually gonna leave my cocoon Okay. I'm gonna leave my cocoon and go and visit my grandmother, which um I don't it's not I mean I do wanna see her. I don't wanna risk or I don't wanna put her at risk at all. And honestly, I don't wanna get on the bus to go to the Bronx and put myself at risk. But I'm doing it, so I'll be wearing a mask, I'll be wearing gloves, I'll be taking precaution and shit and changing my clothes and all that shit. Um but yeah, so she needs human contact besides just the home care attendants, so I'm going to do that and trust that I will be safe and that she will be safe. So we'll be practicing social distancing and shit, but Mm -hmm. but it's stressful. But I know other people are dealing with that as well. So, yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. I have to think of something like fun to do. I mean, I'm sure seeing my grandmother will be nice. But, yeah, this was not a good mental health uh like the whole week wasn't bad, but this little past few days is, has not been cute. So mm-hmm. I have to find something cute to do or entertain myself with because I really thought that I like I have mad alcohol in here, I have mad sugar in here, and none of none of those things that I can put in my body are filling the hole or the void 
of whatever the fuck those, is missing, yo. Those aren't even your things. Yeah, I know, but I thought if I had more of them here that they would be my thing since I was in here. I was spending more time in here. You know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. no, they are not. They are not my things. I'll figure it out. But yeah, Mm -hmm. so that's what I'm doing. What hashtag are you fucking with this week? This week, I'm fucking with hashtag community care. I think that it's important because we're in the social distancing space, since we are being separated, I think it's important that we like reach out to our communities, however way you can. So call people, text people, FaceTime people. FaceTime is, I never fucking use that shit because I'm not a FaceTimer, mm. but I've been FaceTiming more and I noticed that it's helpful because I feel more in contact with people. Mm. I can see different expressions mm. and, you know, shit like that. So like tap into your community see how people are doing check on people um yeah so community care is the hashtag that i'm fucking with I like that. this week which hashtag you fucking with this week um uh, i am fucking with this is a hashtag that was popping last week but it's it's still popping i'm fucking with hashtag trans day of visibility and hashtag tdov same thing trans day of visibility and I want to say thanks mm-hmm. to everybody who participated in our trans roll call in our IG stories. That was really cute. I enjoyed that. And if you are unfamiliar with Trans Day of Visibility, look up the hashtag. Learn about it. Check it out. See why it's important and all that good shit. So that's my hashtag highlight for the week. So we did a show. We did a show. Be sure to follow us on all social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. We are also on Facebook and Tumblr. Just search for us there. Send us T-mail by emailing us at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Send us a donation by going to our website, T with Queen and J.com. And then there's also links to that in our show notes as well. Um, follow our personal accounts. I am on Twitter and Instagram, and my handle is at the Queen Speaks with an underscore. That's right. I am Janicia F on Twitter and Instagram, and that's at J A N I C I A F. The F is for savings. Um, the F or go fuck yourself, is whichever. Yeah, or is it silent? One, like whichever better. one, whichever one. But yeah, I'm at Janicia F. So follow me there, and um, yeah, yo. We will see you all next week. This podcast is created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Janicia and a black girl named Naima. T with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. Ow. All right, y'all. It's time to do it for all the college girls. I see you out there. One, two, three, black population. Oh, when you get on Come on, we the black kids in a white school. Come on, we the black kids.